Welcome to In Any Event, a podcast about events for event planners, brought to you by EventSquid, registration and management software that thinks like you and works like eight of you. I'm your host, Michael Kranitz, along with our producer, Marcella D. She keeps me in line during the show and uh, will occasionally pipe up to remind me that I'm being inappropriate. Today's guest is Kai Flood from The Salon People. The Salon People are based in St. Petersburg, Florida. Kai is part of the education team. Salon owners, managers, and stylists take education classes, tech classes, product knowledge, social media boot camps, all for the Aveda product line in the state of Florida. So they have a lot of events, a lot of people, and the net result of their classes is that these salon owners, managers, and stylists get better at what they do. Welcome to the show today, Kai. Thank you. I it 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 seems like it would be a hard enough job to do what you do without the interference of some kind of pandemic or <laughs> so give us a little glimpse into what your role has been before that, before that happened. What were you <laughs> What were you doing there? Yeah. So before March of this year, I was the education and events coordinator with the salon people. So what that means is that, like you said, we have technical and otherwise classes that we put on. Um, so the technical side for the stylist. So we did hair color, hair cutting, spa massage and skincare. And then we also had classes like for business. Um, so for owners, managers, their front desk, what we call guest care. We had those kinds of classes to help them in that skill set. And then we also had events. So we put on hair shows. We had, we, we've had a couple of times before everything shut down, what we call Dare to Dream. So it was a huge event all for the Aveda Network from all across the country. They would come to St. Petersburg, Florida. We would just jam out and love hair together. It was a lot of inspiration, a lot of fun, and that sort of thing. We also had another big event for salon owners, again, across the country would come to Florida and we would put on a business academy. Um, So that was a three-day event um, for Aveda salon owners to learn how to be better salon owners and how to have a more profitable salon. So I helped coordinate all of those logistics. Wow. Give me an idea of how many events you plan and host over like the course of a year. So we did it in halves. So we would do six months at a time. We did about 70 to 75 events per half. So about 150 a year. You are quite the endurance athlete. (laughs) A lot of our listeners will be very familiar with Aveda products. Tell us, is, is, is your scope normally just Florida? Yes. Yeah. All of our events are in Florida. Um, So the salon people is a third party distributor for Aveda products. So that means our mother, if you will, is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's kind of like the headquarters for Aveda North America. So they distribute to all of the US and Canada. If you think about it, Aveda doesn't really need us. They can just send their product to Florida. 
but they want to do business with us. They want to partner with us. So they use us as a test subject a lot it, with, with all kinds of things. But um, as far as I'm concerned, we, we try to find new innovative ways for education and events. And that if it works, then they adopt it. Do participants earn any sort of continuing or professional education credits through your programs? We do have some massage and skincare where um, they can earn continuing education units. Um, but other than that, they're all they're all graduated and behind the chair. So we don't really put on education or events like that for students. So for cosmetology students. So in that sense, they're not required to come to our classes in order to get licensed or anything like that. Got it. Now, w- before COVID-19 hit, were, were all of your events live or did you have any virtual events? We did not have any virtual events. So <laughs> <laughs> from zero to 60. Um, yes. <laughs> and to give us a little context, uh, as we sit today, were you able to maintain the pace or did you have to have fewer events? Um, so we definitely have fewer events right now. For example, October is a, a month where we would usually have six to seven classes a weekend. So we would place them in, in different parts of Florida um, at the same time, just to make sure everyone had the opportunity to attend and they didn't have to travel too far. But yeah, we would have six or seven events a weekend. So now we don't really have that level with us. Um, But like I said, we are partnering with Aveda North America. So part of what we are allowing our stylists and owners to participate in, we give them, you know, hey guys, here's what we have going on. And that might be things that we are coordinating. It might be things that Aveda is coordinating themselves. It's all virtual, so they can really participate in as much or as little as they want. You know, the classes are, they don't have to travel. Um, some of them they have to pay, but most of them are free. And they're two hours versus seven hours. Okay, so um, you've had, you have changed the format a bit to yeah. the virtual setting. I, I was going, well, I'll just ask you straight away. Have you noticed... Anything about your attendees' attention span or their reactions to the program that it w- that would indicate maybe a diminished level of appreciation, to put it one way, uh, <laughs> when you do a virtual event? And I, you know, look, I say this with the backdrop of I don't think anybody really prefers virtual over live unless you know, it's a real convenient thing. And for whatever other reasons that somebody might have run a virtual event before COVID-19, we have to start addressing some of the hard issues, which are, is it diminished in any way? Have you gotten any feedback to that effect? Yes, I, I agree with what you just said. In the ones that I have reviewed, I find that a lot of people register for things, especially if it's free. If it's free, it's for me, right? So they're clicking the link and they're like, oh yeah, totally, I'll go to this. And then the time comes and they know it's being recorded and they know they'll have access to the recording afterwards so they don't show up to the live portion for whatever reason. Um, And then after that, who even knows if they watch the recording or not. Um, So I think it kind of goes in a lot of different directions. This is why I laughed when 
when you asked, like, has this been affected? Because I think for sure, but for, for numerous reasons, right? So it's free. There's not much of a commitment to follow through. If it's just two hours and it's being recorded, they think, okay, well, I can just watch it later. They get busy because, you know, they're home with their kids. They're working from home. So I don't, I'm not really sure what, why these things are happening, but to answer your question, yes, I, I definitely think that there are, there is a a decrease and a, a negative effect to having everything virtual. Are the virtual events that you do host interactive in that you'll stop, you'll take questions, Maybe people show their face on camera. How intimate are they? Give me- <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I have helped facilitate some of our so like our big uh, boot camps. Um, we've had a couple of boot camps where there are multiple days and thirty to fifty people. So I will say the the bigger ones, the more attended ones, are less interactive just because there's so sure. many people. Um, but it's funny when they ask to you know have everyone turn on their cameras and ask questions they don't um but yeah it's it's not it, you kind of have to pull teeth to get them to interact <laughs> they they would much rather type in in the chat box than turn on their microphone and and say something you just have to get people worked up you know you just have to bring up some inflammatory topic which compels them <laughs> their camera and scream because that's really what it takes. Uh, Yeah. We've reverted to having the preliminary, you know, when they get the confirmation email saying, thank you for registering, you know, this is the time to join, please be ready to be on camera. We really want to talk to you. You know, we've had to like prep them to, to have the conversations that we're wanting them to have with us. Do you think if you put a small charge on it, that your commitment level would go up and that those who participate would self-select as the most motivated people? That's a good question because for our events, we it's for our salons, it's for Florida, but you know, being virtual, anyone can join. So it's not like we're trying to keep it a secret, um, but we do, we were sure to put a value on it for a couple reasons. So one, if anyone outside of Florida joins, you know, we'll make a little bit of revenue from that. But the way that we have presented it is that to our Florida salons, when they go to register, they see that there's a value to this class. So for example, our boot camps are worth $250 per person, but we tell them like, Hey, this is your code because it's complimentary for Aveda, Florida. So that was kind of our way of saying like, Hey, this, this is complimentary, but it's not free. Like there's still a value to what we're providing for you, but we still get, you know, we had a class this week where 36 people were registered and eight people showed up. So again, we're, we're researching what's really going on. Cause it could be, you know, a thousand different things, but yeah. And I, I, I wonder in situations like that, whether you can call it a $250 value and your coupon code gives you 200 off but mm. 50 bucks in. And I know that your uh, registration to attendance ratio will get closer. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. There's we, along with the disclaimer of, Hey, be prepared to, come on video, we've added, 
hey, this is your spot. Please show up (laughs) because by you registering, you are taking a spot. We're saving this for you. And it could be for someone else who would want to attend. So please be sure if you're, if you're registering for this, that you are going to attend because other people might want to. What's interesting about this progression that we're talking about is that you're trying different entrepreneurial maneuvers to change the dynamic of your events. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I look at events, I look them, you know, aside from rote, you know, recurring meetings or whatever, I look at them as small entrepreneurial ventures that are encapsulated by the dates of the event. And I find that a lot of planners will simply duplicate what they've experienced or what they've heard and often do things without questioning why they're doing them. Do you really need an early bird special or are you giving away money at the front end? Those Mm -hmm. kinds of questions. And so I think your experimentation with different formats is phenomenal. And the fact that you have latitude to do that is also quite good. And and it'll be interesting to see if you see any differences over time in engagement by playing with some of these these toggles. And maybe, um, I, I know a lot of people would instinctively say, you know, gamify the event. And for some sort of reward as if the actual event weren't the reward. And and that could probably take up an entire podcast talking about, you know, bribing people to do what they wouldn't otherwise want to do. So Yeah. (laughs) We uh, bribe them with surveys, if that helps. (laughs) Is that a bribe or is that more work to do? Well, we want them to give us their feedback so that we can improve the events for later. So we say, you know, do this survey and you'll be entered into a raffle for some really great product and swag. And it works, actually. <laughs> okay. So they, they can be bribed and, and, and it does work. Just on the back end, though. <laughs> okay. After the very, yes. And I always worry about devaluing, not the survey, because you do, you know, you People almost expect an Amazon gift card for filling out a survey anymore. Yeah, uh, right. But in the in the in the heart of the event, that's where to me it it draws into question. Well, why are you giving me a prize? Are you telling me that I wouldn't otherwise want to go visit all of your great exhibitors? Uh, right. You know, that kind of thing. So, are you speaking of exhibitors? Are you planning? Do you have a timeline for moving back to live events? We do not. Nope. We are calling this, we, we're not even calling it spring and fall anymore. We're calling this our uh, COVID strategy and it's going to be in place until further notice. <laughs> I, I think that's a terrific commitment. It's, it's an acknowledgement of reality. Our, the guest on the last pro- podcast we, have, we had was Patrick Higgins of Connect, and they're doing a live show uh, down in Orlando, and they have they have a massive amount of logistics to mm-hmm. from temperature testing to masks to social distancing and and things of that nature, and and it is challenging, and it's interesting. You represent the other end of the spectrum, which is all right. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. So so we do have so we don't have any public uh, live events, but we have talked to our education team. So we have stylists in our network, in the Aveda Florida network, who are our distribution educators. 
So they don't work for us, but they do work with us. Um, and they are available to teach in salon. So they're the, they're the educators who would have taught our in-person classes. So now we've kind of moved into this time where we're not having big group events, but if a salon is willing to take on all those logistics and the educator is comfortable going into the salon with all those precautions in place, then we are having private in salon classes. So that's just the salon team. You know, they're, they're the ones working with each other anyway. So it's not any kind of outside thing. Um, but we are doing that with the utmost extreme precautions put into place. And I, I have helped coordinate that a little bit, but as far as the education goes, it's really the salon owner and the educator coordinating all of that. And we're just making sure that they're doing everything, you know, according to science and the CDC to, to make sure that that education is as safe as possible. Anything else you'd like to leave us with about how you're doing, what you're doing, and advice for planners who might find themselves in a similar situation. I encourage all the planners out there that you're not alone in your anxiousness, um, in the unknown, but I'm just trying to be in the present moment and, and do what I'm doing to the best of my ability today. And tomorrow will come and we're going to get through it together, but this will pass. It will pass. <laughs> we can, we will one day be able to go back to being together and doing the logistics and all that fun stuff that we miss. Kai, I, I appreciate your time today on the show. If, if anybody wants to get a hold of the salon people, either a planner looking to get some hints from you or, or somebody, a, a, a salon owner who wants to attend, how, how would they do that? They can email me. Kai.flood at thesalonpeople.com. That's it. And that's our show with Kai Flood from The Salon People. In Any Event is brought to you by Event Squid. If you're running a conference, meeting, training, or any other type of event, visit eventsquid.com to learn about how our software can help you manage everything from registration to promotion and virtual event organization. Event Squid thinks like you, works like eight of you. Also, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and let your planner colleagues know what the new squids on the block are doing. If you know of a guest we should have, please visit eventsquid.com and click the podcast menu item for more information. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. We're planning on it.